It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 387 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. This episode is called Diablo Black Friday. It is November 26, 2022, and this is Jen. I'm going to start off with something serious and then go from there. As many of you may have heard, there was a club in Colorado called Club Q, And some asshole decided to go in and try to shoot people in there and did, in fact, kill five people. So, the GoFundMe site on Twitter, obviously it's, you know, it's got a Twitter account. um, And it has selected a number of GoFundMes that it feels is a verified fundraiser. Because, you know, every time something like this happens... You're going to find people that want to be sketchy and awful and act like they're collecting funding for whatever tragedy just happened, but really they're keeping it themselves. So if you look at GoFundMe here, they've picked out a few that you can send money to to help people out if you want to. And here's the ones that they are. They'll all be in the show notes at ChatteredSoulStone.com. Um, there's one that is support for the club Q families and survivors. And that one is started by good Judy garage and LGBTQ plus owned auto repair shop located in the Denver Metro area. All the funds from this one that are raised will be distributed to the families for funeral expenses, medical bills, and other future ongoing costs. There's, um, another one victims of club Q Colorado Springs mass shooting, That one is started by Greg Resha, a former employee of Club Q. For that one, GoFundMe says our trust and safety team is working with the organizer to ensure that all donations are distributed to families for any medical or funeral expenses for the victims. There's another one, Classroom of Compassion in Colorado Springs, and that one is a nonprofit that is creating five public altars in Colorado Springs to honor the five victims whose lives were lost in the Club Q shooting. And the last one mentioned in this thread by GoFundMe is one for uh, Colorado Springs Club Q shooting, How to Help. This one is a centralized page with every verified GoFundMe to support the families affected by the mass shooting at Club Q in Colorado Springs. This one hit me hard. I don't live in Colorado. I don't know any of these people personally, but I'm non-binary. So, I mean, I keep feeling like this could happen anywhere and... It just, my heart just goes out to the families that lost people because of this. And yeah, it's a lot. So if you are so inclined and have a little bit of money, pick one of these and send some. I've been reading on Twitter that there are people who worked for the club that can't get into the club now because it's a crime scene. So they can't make a livelihood from that now and who knows how long that's going to take to sort out and just all these funerals and and stuff like that so if if you're so inclined and you have some extra money you know kick into one or more of these whatever you can do all right going back to the goofiness of the title of the show uh there is a battle that black friday sale going on now that is live this started on the 22nd today's the 26th so 
Uh, there's stuff. There's a lot of stuff in here. Some of it's uh, Diablo stuff, so I'm just going to point you towards that in case you don't have all of it yet. So uh, everything's you know on sale by quite a bit. Looks like a lot of 50% off stuff, so you can get Diablo 2 Resurrected for 50% off. Diablo Prime Evil Collection for 50% uh, off. That one's a little bit more expensive because it's got two games kind of in there, I think. Uh, there's Diablo 3. If you don't, if you haven't played Diablo 3, you can get it for about 10 bucks right now. There's also the Reaper of Souls expansion, which is also about 10 bucks right now. There's a Diablo 3 battle chest. I'm not entirely certain what that is. It might be... It looks like it's Diablo and Reaper of Souls together, and that one's about 20 bucks if you want to get them both at one shot there. There's the Rise of the Necromancer, which is really fun. It's for Diablo 3 and uh, I had a lot of fun playing the Necromancer when that was new and even finished uh, the set dungeons for that one. It's the only one I've finished the set dungeons on so far. And then there's the Diablo 3 Eternal Collection which has Reaper of Souls, Diablo 3 and the Necromancer pack and then there's Diablo Immortal which you can play for free. So that's what's for there for Black Friday. There's like one or two maybe t-shirts in another section of this, but that's the Diablo stuff. So if you've missed out on any of this or or you have a family member or friend who hasn't started playing any of these games yet, you could get one for them for a discounted price and make them happy to go, you know, hunt demons with you. And then things get a little weird. <laughs> um, so The Verge has an article titled Epic, and I know it's not Activision Blizzard, but Epic alleges... Google paid $360 million to keep Activision from launching its own app store, which at first glance, I'm going, what? Why? How? Okay. So here's from the article. Activision Blizzard and Riot Games at one point told Google they might launch their own mobile app stores, according to new documents filed in Epic's antitrust lawsuit against the search giant. The details came to light as part of allegations about major deals signed with the two companies. Google allegedly agreed to pay Activision about $360 million over three years and Riot about $30 million for a one-year deal. In one document, Google exec Karen Avram Beatty is reporting back from a conversation with Activision Blizzard's now CEO Armin Zerza one month before the two companies signed the huge deal. Quote, if this deal falls through, Zerza claims, they will launch their own mobile distribution platform, partnering with another, quote, major mobile company, presumably Epic, uh, double down with Amazon slash Twitch or MSFT for cloud slash esports, and pull away from Stadia, Beatty wrote. While Zerza may have just been doing some hardline negotiating, Activision has not yet launched its own app store on mobile, so it seems the company was happy with how the deal eventually turned out. Another document is a deposition from an unnamed witness that seems to be someone who was or is involved with something called Project Hug, Google's program designed to incentivize and support Play Store developers. In the deposition, the witness says that Riot Games told Google it was considering launching a competing Android app store. Later, the witness said that Riot and Activision Blizzard King were the ones that were the most direct with us about considering starting their own apps. Project Hug agreements first came into light in August of 2021 as part of an unredacted Epic complaint, but Epic in a newly amended complaint filed Thursday. This was written on um, 
November 18, so that kind of puts it in perspective, I guess. But Epic, in a newly amended complaint filed Thursday, alleges Project Hug deals are designed to, quote, prevent the developer from opening a competing store or otherwise distributing its apps outside of the Google Play Store. It goes on from there, but that's some sketchy stuff right there that they tried doing. And then uh, GameSpot, which is starting to write more and more about gaming and gaming companies. That's kind of interesting. On the same day, they wrote an article titled, Lawsuit alleges Google paid Activision Blizzard $360 million not to build its own app store. Activision Blizzard says the claims are false and that Google never pressured or made the Candy Crush owner agree to not, comp- uh, not to compete with them. I'll read you a little bit of this. As, re- as reported by Reuters, The lawsuit accuses Google of being anti-competitive when it comes to its mobile game marketplace and names numerous other video game-related companies like Nintendo, Riot Games, and Ubisoft in a list of companies that allegedly received money from Google in an effort by the company to deter competition. In a tweet, Activision Blizzard's Executive Vice President of Corporate Affairs, Lulu Chen Meservi, stated that Epic's claims are false and that Google never asked us. There's a tweet here, so the full tweet is... Epic is accusing Activision Blizzard's partner Google of paying us not to compete with them. To be clear, that's false. Google never asked us, pressured us, or made us agree not to compete with them, and we've already submitted documents and testimony disproving this nonsense. The thing in there that gets me from that tweet is when did Activision Blizzard become a partner with Google? Was it years ago and nobody said anything? I mean, this is a little bit confusing here. GameSpot wrote, according to Reuters, Google says Epic's claims are full of mischaracterizations. The payments to the 24 companies listed in the lawsuit are to, quote, keep developers satisfied, end quote, and in fact reflect healthy competition rather than discourage it, Google says. The lawsuit additionally claims that Google considered buying Epic Games by teaming up with Tencent, which owns a 40% stake in Epic, to gain control over the company. Epic claims Google was threatened by its decision to distribute its mega-hit Fortnite outside of the Play Store, circumventing Google's platform holder fees. Google estimated in 2019 it could lose billions of dollars if the idea of alternative digital storefronts on Google devices spreads. That's where Project Hug came from, to summarize greatly. (laughs) That's kind of it. There's a little bit more in there. And again, everything will be in the show notes at ShatteredSoulStone.com. Video Games Chronicle wrote an article titled, Activision Blizzard, quote, won't hesitate to fight, end quote, to defend Microsoft's acquisition. And here's a little bit from that. Executive Vice President for Corporate Affairs and CCO Lulu Chang Meservi, I think I'm saying that right, uh, took to Twitter to address speculation regarding the ongoing antitrust investigations currently being carried out by various global regulators. I already read you her tweet. Meservi's comments came a couple of hours after the publication of a Politico report which claimed that the U.S. Federal Trade Commission is, quote, likely to file an antitrust lawsuit, end quote, to block Microsoft's proposed takeover of Activision Blizzard. An antitrust lawsuit would mean that Microsoft would have to fight to push forward its acquisition of the Call of Duty maker in U.S. courts. Citing three sources, the report claimed that while a lawsuit challenging the deal isn't certain, FTC Chair Lena Khan is looking to, quote, rein in the power of the world's largest technology companies. While the deal has been approved by regulators in Saudi Arabia and Brazil, UK watchdog the CMA recently expanded its investigation to a second phase, and the European Commission is kind of doing the same thing. So it's a little bit up in the air still. 
CNBC wrote, Microsoft wants to create more competition among game publishers. CEO Satya Nadella says, Satya, maybe? Uh, here's a little bit from that. Microsoft CEO Sat- Satya Nadella, I'm hoping I'm somewhere close with this name, uh, says the American tech giant wants to create more competition among game publishers as it faces an anti-competition probe over its $69 billion offer to buy Activision Blizzard. Uh, we know what Activision Blizzard is. I'll skip that paragraph. But the proposed takeover faces a European Union probe as regulators worry Microsoft may foreclose access to Activision's console and PC video games, especially globally successful games like Call of Duty. Quote, our entire goal is to bring more options for gamers to be able to play on every platform and for publishers to have more competition, Nadella, chairman and CEO of Microsoft, told CNBC's Tanvir Gill in an interview. They're saying Thursday. This thing was written on November 17. And uh, it kind of goes from there. A little bit more. Microsoft has largely been in the console and PC video game businesses offering access to hundreds of games via their video game subscription services, Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass. If completed, the Activision Blizzard deal would help Microsoft better compete with the likes of game publishers Tencent, known for the globally successful mobile game Honor of Kings, and Sony, which is setting up a PlayStation mobile gaming unit and has acquired two mobile game developers. So it just goes round and round and round. We don't know what's going to happen. I don't think they know either. Windows Central wrote, Sony claims Microsoft could raise Xbox prices after buying Activision Blizzard after it itself raised prices, (laughs) which is kind of a weird take, but okay. I'm not saying the writer's wrong. I'm saying if Sony's actually raising prices, then they shouldn't be upset if, you know... If other prices are raised, I guess they're doing the same stuff. So here's part of this article from Windows Central. As Microsoft and Sony continue putting forward legal arguments around the future of Activision Blizzard, new angles and amusing antidotes abound for both companies. The Competition and Markets Authority, CMA, in the UK is examining the deal for Microsoft to acquire Activision Blizzard. And as part of the Phase 2 investigation, the regulator published statements from Microsoft and Sony. These findings, which were originally submitted back in October but are just now becoming public, outline the arguments from both companies. As part of its argument, Sony puts forward the idea that after acquiring Activision Blizzard, quote, Microsoft would be able to increase console and game prices for Xbox users, including those that had switched from PlayStation, increase the price of Game Pass, and reduce innovation and quality. This notably comes just months after Sony recently raised the price of the PS5, citing high inflation rates around the world. At the same time, Microsoft stated that it would not be raising the price of the Xbox Series X or S in similar fashion. Sony was also one of the first publishers to raise the price of its premium games to $70 alongside others such as Activision Blizzard, Take-Two Interactive, and Electronic Arts. So they're both being sketchy is basically what I'm getting from this. Elsewhere in the documents, Microsoft again reiterates in numerous ways that it has no intention of pulling Call of Duty from PlayStation. Microsoft also points out that it has honored past agreements like when acquiring Bethesda Softworks parent ZeniMax Media, which saw Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo release as timed PS5 console exclusives. Microsoft also pointed out that no games from Bethesda Softworks have been pulled from PlayStation since the acquisition was completed. The end of the article thinks that Microsoft believes it will finalize something before June 30, 2023, which is a little ways off. 
Politico has an article, Fed's likely to challenge Microsoft's $69 billion Activision takeover. A lawsuit would be the FTC's biggest move yet under Chair Lena Khan to rein in the power of the world's largest technology companies. It would also be a major black mark for Microsoft, which has positioned itself as a white knight of sorts on antitrust issues in the tech sector after going through its own grueling regulatory antitrust battles around the world more than two decades ago. The lawsuit challenging the deal is not guaranteed. And the FTC's four commissioners have yet to vote out a complaint or meet with lawyers for the companies, two of the people said. However, FTC staff reviewing the deal are skeptical of the company's arguments, those people said. The investigation remains ongoing, but much of the heavy lifting is completed, including depositions of Microsoft Chief Executive Satya Nadella and Activision Head Bobby Kotek. The people with knowledge of the investigation said, if the agency does move ahead with the case, it could come as soon as next month, said the people. All of whom were granted anonymity to discuss a confidential matter. This article was posted on uh, the 23rd. Uh, Central to the FTC's concern is whether acquiring Activision would give Microsoft an unfair boost in the video game market. Microsoft's Xbox is number three to the industry selling Sony Interactive Entertainment and its PlayStation console. Sony, however, has emerged as the deal's primary opponent, telling the FTC and regulators in other countries that if Microsoft made hit games like Call of Duty exclusive to its platform, Sony would be significantly disadvantaged. The FTC declined to comment because they're probably still working on it. You know, and let's see, we have uh, video game news the 24th. FTC, quote, likely to file antitrust lawsuit, end quote, to block Microsoft's Activision deal, report claims. According to three sources cited by Politico, FTC Chair Lena Khan is looking to rein in the power of the world's largest technology companies. At least we know where they got that from. I think I just read part of that. Were the FTC to proceed, it would be a major blow to Microsoft, which is currently fighting across the pond against concerns raised by the UK regulator, the CMA. An antitrust lawsuit would mean that Microsoft would also have to fight to push forward its acquisition of the Call of Duty maker in U.S. courts. It goes on from there a little bit. You get the idea. There's one from IGN that updated on the 24th. The article is titled, The FTC is reportedly likely to file an antitrust lawsuit to block the Microsoft and Activision deal. Here's the update part, apparently. Activision Blizzard has responded to the report from Politico saying that any suggestion that the deal between Microsoft and Activision would lead to, quote, anti-competitive effects is completely absurd, end quote. Furthermore, Activision is ready to battle against any of these claims to ensure the deal will close. Here's a quote. Any suggestion that the transaction could lead to anti-competitive effects is completely absurd, an Activision Blizzard spokesperson said to IGN. It's interesting how most of the time that spokesperson doesn't have a name. Interesting. Quote, this merger will benefit gamers and the U.S. gaming industry, especially as we face increasingly stiff competition from abroad. We are committed to continuing to work cooperatively with regulators around the globe to allow the transaction to proceed, but won't hesitate to fight to defend the transaction if required. And then there's a whole story beyond that, but that's the update. Kotaku also wrote, report feds, quote, likely to fight Microsoft's purchase of Activision Blizzard. There's an update 
I'm going to find the update. Let's see where that is. Okay, the update. An Activision spokesperson tells Kotaku pretty much word for word the same thing it told IGN. So there we go. Riker's been doing some lore-filled videos, and one of them is called How the Rogues Betrayed the Amazons. It's a Diablo lore-explained video. It's about 17 minutes long, and it's on YouTube, so you can check that out if you want to find out that little bit of lore. I haven't watched it yet, but I trust he's going to do a good job because he always has when I look at those type of videos from him. And then things get a little weird again. So we have GameSpot. GameSpot wrote... Diablo 4's release month has reportedly been revealed. This game, or the game, is reportedly on tap to launch in April of 2023. And I think a lot of us heard that somewhere on the internet, possibly Twitter. I'll read you a little bit of this in case you're not on Twitter or you've left it for something better. Diablo 4 will be released in April of 2023 and pre-orders will open this December. According to multiple reports, the April 2023 release date was mentioned on the Xbox Era podcast and Windows Central's own sources, quote, tentatively corroborated the release month. Officially, the game is scheduled to launch during the first half of 2023 for Xbox One, Xbox Series X slash S, PS4, PS5, and PC. The site went on to say that Diablo 4, which was announced in 2019, will appear during the Game Awards in December. Blizzard will ramp up to Diablo 4 marketing soon, beginning during the Game Awards in December, it was reported. This is also when pre-orders for the game will reportedly begin. The site also reported there will be a premium physical collector's edition of Diablo 4 that comes with a number of goodies and perks, including early access to an open beta in February 2023. The April 2023 release date for Diablo 4 is expected to be announced at the Game Awards. The Game Awards 2022 is on tap for Thursday, December 8th, so it won't be too much longer until all of this becomes clear. Microsoft is in the process of acquiring Activision Blizzard, and we already know those things, so there's that. And then we have from Insider Gaming, Diablo 4 news set to be revealed this December before the Game Awards, and it's pretty much kind of the same thing. Uh, It's talking about the classes in Diablo 4, which are the Barbarian, Sorceress, Druid, Rogue, and Necromancer. Um, Not a whole lot else in there, but it's at least two sites that are talking about, hey, this thing's going to happen got another video here from Riker and this one this one's a little bit different it's not really a lore one but it's titled how Diablo almost didn't exist former Blizzard devs tell all so I'm presuming and again I haven't had time to watch this yet but I know he does a good job with these types of videos so I'll trust him um I don't know which devs he spoke to, but it sounds like an interesting video to watch. And it's one of those that has like little segments in it. So if you miss something, you can go back and hear it again, that kind of thing. And that's always good to have. And then the last thing here is a Diablo Immortal uh, Blizzard post, essentially, from the 22nd of November. And it says, transform into an ancient guardian with the season seven battle pass. Honestly, I can't keep up with all of this to get any of these things in total, but I try. So here's what it's got. If you haven't looked at that yet, there's a server merge wave two coming up. And that might be something important for you to know. And this looks like it's going to hit pretty much everywhere. So there's, um, A couple of mergers in South America, three sets of mergers in East Asia, one in ANZ, Australia, New Zealand, I assume. 
there's a bunch of them coming for the North America 2, sorry, North America 1 group, and that includes the Soul Stones. That's the one I'm on. So that one is going to merge with the Gidbin, Cult of Damnation, and Black Abyss. And there's more in here if you're on different servers, but it looks like we're going to get some more friends on the Soul Stones, I think. And then North America 2, there's a whole bunch of those that um, are going to be merged together as well. EU English has a whole bunch that are going to merge together. There's a second EU English with less of them. Uh, EU French has two. And then the second one is uh, EU Spanish, four servers going together. EU German has like four different groupings of servers, Italian a couple, and Polish about three different groupings of servers. So they're merging them again. And in general, from what I've seen from gaming over all of my years of gaming, if there's servers to be on and some of them are kind of abandoned or don't really have enough people, then it's pretty common for Blizzard to go ahead and smush some more servers together so that more people can interact. I don't think it's anything new. I don't think it's anything to worry about, but that's a thing that's going to happen. But I'm going to look forward to seeing more people on the Soulstones because sometimes it can be very, very abandoned. <laughs> but again, I play at weird hours, so that could be just my particular problem and not everybody's. There are... Um, okay, Season 7 has a battle pass called Ancient Guardians. There are cosmetics you can get that look like the Ancient Guardians, kind of. It's kind of a metallic-looking, not-quite-robotic, sort of rocky kind of thing. And uh, it looks kind of cool overall. The Hungering Moon event's back. It always comes back, you know. That one's going to run through the 27th. Players can complete up to three tasks a day, starting November 24th through the 27th server time. And again, from December 1 through December 4 server time. And then you get stuff. And then there's the... Void wound cage wilderness exploration tasks. I'm not even sure what that is. Um, it says, Look, adventurer, meteoric chunks of crimson slag have mysteriously fallen into Sanctuary's wilderness. They're etched with ancient runic writings that hint at something evil stirring in its slumber. To begin this wilderness exploration task, locate one of the slag crash sites, find the pieces, and perhaps you'll acquire once forbidden knowledge. There's also an exalted night limited time event. That one goes um, starting on December 8 and ends December 10. And then in December 14, uh, there's something else connected to that. Shields of the Hearth limited time event. That one starts on December 7 through December 21 and then there's some bug fixes and things like that. I really need to get back in there but I've been extremely busy doing other things but I'm gonna try. I'll give it a try. I've got some Diablo Immortal videos that I need to put up that I haven't bothered to do because of work and other things. I get sick a lot. I have chronic illnesses so it slows me down but I'll do what I can and that's pretty much everything that I have today to talk to you about for this episode of Shattered Soulstone. So with that, I'm going to close out the show. You have been listening to episode 387 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in game, especially if you're going to be in Diablo Immortal, because then there'll be more of us with, you know, on the Soulstone server or connected to it in some way. Um, our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, both on Diablo Immortal and Diablo 3, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening. <laughs>